0: Watch this. So I'm just looking at this course diaries episodes that we've done, which are really a sneak behind the curtains at a golf club. Yeah. We've not done any for that many for a while, actually. Um, We've done one recently on travels at Allwoodley. But looking back next year, last year rather, Lay Board will soon be in company as a course diaries episode alongside the esteemed RNGC, which is a backyard, nine-hole, short course in (laughs) Devon, Church Stretton, Ely, Worcester Golf and Country Club, Royal Sinkports, Royal County Down. These are really good episodes at giving a, a look at some of the most potent golf experiences mm-hmm. in the land, I'd say, so we've got Jack Laws with us, director of golf at layboard is that the, the, the Director
1: of golf, yeah, that's what they give me. I keep turning up and uh you know doing the job
0: <laughs> and three Pete on the pod, Bruce Fitzpatrick, a rare guest these days. Yeah, Bruce it's a joy to have you on as always
2: thanks for welcoming me back to my own podcast Sam. great to
1: be great to be with <laughs> you.
0: What a setting,
1: absolutely, yeah, yeah um that's sat. great to have you boys absolutely and welcome welcome you know it's been a a long time coming we've been listening to the pod for for a while and congratulations on your success it's Thank uh you. it's been you know epic to see the the rise
0: yeah no well what a, what a treat to come down i mean we, you know we sh- there's no getting away from it we're super lucky to be here mm. um seeing the the old having heard so much about it for so long and seeing the new which is so new you know like yeah you know, yeah you know, and the wild piglet we're obviously going to talk about that a little bit um, I guess opening gambit for this is a lot of people have heard about Layboard. Most people will have heard that it was something to do with the Bick family, the the, the famous biro magnate. That it's blisteringly difficult. That you got your name on the clubhouse wall if you broke eighty. Um, there were seven members. That was, members? Bad there was well, I, I thought it was three. three seven, members, yeah. like, <laughs> never let the truth get in the, <laughs> the good story. Can you do some myth busting for us now,
1: Jack? Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. So. I guess you know Baron Bick. He was the uh, original owner. This was he, his conception. Originally, he was a hunter back in the day. When he got a little bit older, he um, he played more golf and and he t- decided to turn Lay board Estate into a into a golf estate. Effectively, wealthiest man in France. who's obviously behind the razors and pens. Big razors and pens. Uh, fat. Of course, razors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. And. Um, he had, you know, the whole supply chain tied up and was, was a captain of industry, that's for sure. He was also a big philanthropist and the, and the con- conception for Le Borde at that point, which just had one golf course, was to build the most challenging golf course in the country mm. to elevate the, the quality of golf for for kind of the young amateur golfers around France. Um, unlimited budget, unlimited time scale to build it. It took four years. Um, and they built something which was kind of, very out there in in terms of design, very contemporary, mm. kind of von Hague, v- This is the von Hargi, yeah. yeah. And you know, von Hage, <laughs> the story His resume
0: it, isn't a list of courses that you will necessarily be familiar with. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's I a wasn't. Texan.
1: He built mm. a lot around France. I, I yeah. think it's you know, I, see, I think he built uh, Le National I believe he built as well. Um, And yeah, like I say, had an unlimited budget and and managed to go over that budget here. And, uh, (laughs) and, but, you know, he had the finances to do it and so on. And, you know, he built 18 kind of feature holes, um, long golf course from the, from the back tees, particularly at the time it's about 7,100 yards. And, um, yeah, Baron Bick was here and for, I guess for the 10 years that he brought the family down and used the estate for golf. Um, he would hang out kind of Friday through Sundays, bring the, bring the kids down, He had a large family, had 10 children. Um, and this was kind of their getaway from Paris as it were. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it grew very quickly in terms of the mystique around the country. And it was number one in Europe for a very, very long time. The old course as it were um baron bick Sally passed away kind of late 90s and then the course kind of changed hands a couple of times or the estate changed hands a couple of times from there none of the kids were golfers really so um it got left kind of to his business partner for a while and closed down for for, for a period
2: yeah. So this terrace that we're sat on now, the, the the main clubhouse just behind us, and we've got the first tee of the Von Hag the old course just out there, beyond the putting green. So this was all was all here. Was it back in the eighties and nineties when the when the course opened for play? This is sort of the original original site the original clubhouse yeah,
1: yeah exactly this was kind of the, the hunting clubhouse effectively mm. um, so I'm sure they, they changed it a little bit in the interior to kind of golf it out a little bit more um, and the same with the lodges so you boys are staying in our lodges which are very local to the clubhouse here mm. um, and they were built in a similar sort of time kind of 40-50 years ago the interiors have been kind of redone and we we brought them into 21st century, and it's kind of a bit more of a five-star look and feel inside. Bruce um, said there's
0: a bit of a Soho House yeah. vibe to the whole thing. Yeah, and yeah you yes, were like, I mean, well, Bruce, you've got a good eye. When he's actually got a better eye for internal architecture uh, than not the that of course architecture, <laughs> I will add, Not
2: that I frequent yeah. Soho House all that much, but it turns out it wasn't he's that fu- that wide of the mark,
1: is <laughs> it? Yeah, I mean, it's a very, very cute eye, because the guys that done Soho House were... Kelly's boy that, that uh, kind of looked after us with, with the redevelopment here and that was kind of like 2019 so you okay. both spot on yeah um, so as a, as a result you know we've got that kind of nice kind of relaxed country vibe in the clubhouse and in the rooms as well and we kind of demasculated things a little bit because it was very very traditionally French mm. kind of big round tables a lot of dark woods a lot of cigar burns around, you know, yeah. so we just softened so things up. <laughs> we softened things up, so uh, families are comfortable here now as well. Nice. And of course,
0: <laughs> so that, that, that whole thing about the honors board, if you broke 80, is that absolute nonsense? Was that one of those? So it's of a really good point. Legends? So it
1: was actually, we did actually have the board. So when I first come here in August of 2018, the board was uh, in the clubhouse. And if you broke 80, and I think it was if you finished with the same goal ball, you got your name on the board. Which by, by at that have you point you still got that? Yeah, somewhere tucked away in the oh, in the loft or something. Shit, you should hell? see the names. I mean, you have like a Darren Clark's on there, um, you have a bunch of tour players that are on there that have come through back in the day. And uh the scores aren't posted, but it's like I say, it's if you break eighty. That being said, the golf course at the time was tremendously difficult. It was very, very soft and green so the, the ball only went as far as you hit it through the air um the rough was much much narrower to the middle of the fairway and a, a lot <laughs> deeper and rougher and, and thicker rather um and then obviously you have all the trees and all the water that's out there anyway and the elevation and so on so it was it was a very tremendously tough golf mm. course and back then we're talking five years ago or maybe a little bit more six years ago the uh the, the course record was 71. yeah Vanderbilt shot one under par back in the day and that was the course record (laughs) subsequently we've made some small changes you know not architecturally but just kind of general changes where we've opened things up a little bit a little Um, firmer perhaps a little firmer you know so the members get some bounce on the fairways absolutely greens are still in, in great shape and open up the fairways in certain areas you know remove some of the rough and um, yeah so 66 is of course record now and Soren Hansen shot that a couple of seasons back so Wow.
0: Vandeveld's golf stacks up around really difficult golf courses, just yeah. an observation. Carnoustian layboard. Yeah, he's right there. When it, when it, gets, <laughs> when it gets unplayably difficult, Vandeveld steps into his own, actually.
1: And you make a good point because this place has always been deemed to be like the toughest yeah. test of golf on the planet, right? And I'm sure 20 years ago it probably was, you know, the, the, the course rating was incredibly high. I think it was like 167 slope or something. <laughs> I mean, it's off the charts, right? Uh, subsequently, it's, now we've made the changes; it's it's much more playable. And for the members that we see, you know, daily, and then kind of the guys that come in and out, international guys, it's uh, it's not as much as a bloodbath out there as it was.
2: Yeah,
0: still tough.
1: Still, still, still tough. a good like,
0: test. Still but doesn't accept big misses, does it? But I
2: think what's great is that you know, I guess we're going to come on and talk about the new course um, in a little bit, which opened for play last year, twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty
1: twenty two. It's gone so quick.
2: And just to see the difference in in character of the two courses, in that in that the old is perhaps from that penal school of of, of course architecture. I read one sort of description of, of von Hager's work is that he built courses to defend par, which <laughs> yeah, that was the is quite, with Yeah, on yeah, yeah somewhere on the right in Florida, now. he built this course to defend par as if there'd <laughs> been an assault on par's honor over you know, recent years. And I guess you could see that elements of that in the old, but also just the nature of the land is quite different to the new in that the the old is almost like old kind of marshy swamp land and and the greens are built up
0: we're not doing a great job of selling the old I've just got to be like I've played several penal difficult sort of you know late 20th century golf courses and that's really really bloody good and really fun Yeah, it's just hyper difficult like it's, yeah, it's, still, it's, it's my favourite it
1: style of that design for sure yeah, you know globally it's uh, gold
0: standard of that that it, period
1: it really is it really is and you know in terms of how everyone enjoys that golf course you'll never have someone walking off 18 kind of you know not happy with their experience out there um, it's punishing but it's fair you know we've got some new tees out there which kind of open things up for the membership mm-hmm. but it's a pl- it's a very very good golf course yeah. and and quite right it was n- number one in europe for a, a huge amount of time um you know the new has got a lot of attention over the last couple of years because it's a you know landmark um golf course built by a you know a great architect but i think the old does at sometimes get overlooked mm-hmm. and in in my opinion it's kind of the best of, of that that style for sure
0: i suppose it's a pretty good segue into thirty six hole developments because you spent so the first party career at Sunningdale, I believe, didn't you, Jack? Which yeah, was also I was fortunate enough to, to get two pretty good old and new golf courses, um, and here you've got just a massive contrasting styles. But you know, growing up in England, playing your golf around Surrey, Kent, around there, I suppose you get pretty good exposure to what the big facilities look like, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've been very fortunate. I, I was when I was a kid, growing up in London. My part of London was in Kent County, so I'd play a lot of my golf at Royal St George's, Deal. Uh, Little Stone I was a member of a, a small club called Roger and Cobham and another one near London called Sundridge Park which are both great um, and uh, yeah I was fortunate enough to kind of get into the game I turned pro and I quickly went back into education and I eventually ended up at Sunningdale. Um and I, I remember actually I applied for the job and there wasn't actually an opening at the club that they, they were advertising but there was still assistants there right so I applied for the job went for an interview went back for a plane interview wrote a letter, went back for another paying interview with, <laughs> with, the, with the assistants yeah. and then eight months later I got the gig. You know, hey, Someone why? had left and I was kind of first in line to come back through so they used to do it in an interesting way. Keith Maxwell used to do it in an interesting way where he'd have someone lined up ready to come in if one, one of his boys went off to to, to the next level as yeah, it were. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean to... Two of the greatest golf courses there are, really, you know, and, and certainly one of the best XXL experiences in the world. I think it's a short list. You know, you're thinking of Wingfoot, you're thinking of Melbourne, you're thinking of uh, Monterey Peninsula, and I'd like to think at some stage we're, we're in that conversation as well. But Sunnydale, for, for me, is just uh, a dream. It really was.
0: I suppose this is slightly different in so much as you've got two very different looks, haven't you? Because it's been because of the way it's kind of the evolution of the site you know mm, and yeah. I'm sure there was 20-30 years be- between the you know the two courses at Sunningdale wasn't there really but you've got in there perhaps you know modifications through Colt's work and stuff and they, they they feel stylistically similar whereas these feel you know almost very very different you know one's a, one's a highly strategic test of you know width angles funky green sights you know you know kind of the the vanguard of, of 21st century design and you've got this which is like a sort of more of the, the sort of the old school penal design of the sort of late 20th century it's quite interesting I suppose yeah it's
1: Uh, it's a good point Uh, you know Bruce alluded to it earlier that that golf course the old was built on swampland effectively so everything was built up and you know they had to to cap everything and it's it's all been raised out of the swamp effectively um and then back in 2018 you know the owner here kind of found the piece of land where the, the new course is built now mm. and it's very sandy had very interesting vegetation a lot of pine trees very dry and um, it made sense to build something which was you know, an interesting kind of Heathland-style golf course. And what a contrast, right? You have this this one down here, which is that kind of late 80s contemporary design, bomb-it-through-the-air style, Um comparative to the inland links that we have on the new which Gill built and it's a very traditional design, very very playable from the tee, everything revs up, kind of second shot in um, and you can really use the contours and, and, and golf your ball as opposed to kind of the old course It's probably a bit more through the air and trying to hit everything pin high. Mm.
2: Yeah, talk us through that that story there Jack like getting Gill involved and, and what that process was like when I'm thinking the new new owners took over Laborde in 2018 um, I guess finding the land in and of itself, it's such a vast estate. I mean, what's the size of the, the total, the, the board state here?
1: The estate itself is 1,400 acres. Wow. So it's a huge yeah. kind of piece of land. And for Europe, it's like a, a big, big privately owned estate. In America, you have these places which are like ranches, 7,000 mm. or whatever, but um, it's very peculiar for, for Europe. And the, the biggest privately owned estate in France is... is um, is uh, Disneyland Paris, and we're number two behind that. <laughs> so it's a big old piece You're a good of land, company. right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely
0: yeah. a theme park here. I wouldn't rule it out. No, this stage exactly. Like I know it'd be a
1: park. <laughs> <laughs> we've had casinos. You <laughs> have all sorts of airstrip. You know, we'll, we'll see. There's we'll a helipad
0: see. off to the left. I got the drone out this morning. There's a helipad left of one, isn't
1: there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not being not in use this week, but we've got the helipad out, and uh, yeah, it's extraordinary. Mayboard
0: budget didn't <laughs> stretch to that. First, <laughs> <I don't know>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of your question was about the new yeah, specifically.
0: Yeah. So, well, the, uh, that
2: process is coming in in 2018, new ownership. Thinking, I mean, presumably one eye on on wanting to get to, to a thirty-six hole facility. There, the land been identified at that at that moment in time, and Gill was fairly swiftly appointed as the architect. Was that that
0: right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So so Gill kind of once he saw the piece of land that we had, he certainly fell in love with it. It was fortunate because our owner w- was um, a Yale grad, mm. and uh, one of his very close buddies kind of introduced Gill to to, to um, dress our owner, and they caught up and. You know, once he was out here and he see the piece of land that we had, it was it was really obvious for him, um, and kind of the direction of the club and and the aesthetic of the estate and what we wanted in terms mm-hmm. of the future of the of the membership and so on. You know, it was really up piece strata, so. He pretty much immediately commenced the build um, and lived with us. You know, he was here for kind of six months and on and off for another three post that. And he would be in the clubhouse, have breakfast, have lunch, hang out, you know, but he'd literally be physically on the dozer pushing Mm. him. Dirt around, um, and that was just the free education in golf course architecture. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy's an encyclopedia of, of knowledge. Yeah, and I
0: was gonna say, how intense is he to do? You can imagine he's like on it constantly intense.
1: for sure. But he, he's all, also very congenial, Gil. Yeah, so, like, you hang out in front of the fire and, and be able to kind of. Um, you know, deliver some interesting stuff back to membership who, who aren't necessarily parfait with, with the most you know esteemed architecture, as it were. Um, but and he's also a great hang. Like he's a good guy to hang around. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's 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 a he's a good lad. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he built that golf course and probably. Nine, ten, eleven months—that sort of thing—and then we we seeded it, buried really? it in, and, and got it moving from there. Um, fortunately, because it was a sandy site, he could he could get things you know off the ground pretty quickly. And then during COVID, um, we do, we got a lot of work done, you know, tree clearing and stuff like this. So b behind the curtain of COVID, we managed to push things on greatly. Uh, but it was awesome working with him. I, re- I really enjoy his company, and he's a member here and big part of the club and the, and the culture as well. Mm. We see him regularly. You know, he, I think he's booked in to come and see us at some point at the end of the season. He'll hang out, bring the wife down, and uh, and yeah, yeah, come back.
2: I mean, we were chatting about it earlier when we were playing on the on the new. Um, it's I guess that a lot of the estate is very sort of dense forest and there's a huge number of trees and so to, to, to imagine Gil kind of walking through fairly dense woodland and being able to identify the routing that we have today it's just a, yeah pretty remarkable to think that you can have that vision <laughs>
0: well, quiet, that sort right? of weird. It's, it's, it's kind of a strange layout isn't it really because maybe it's only a strange layout because you're the tablecloths that go down at the moment are that lovely kind of old school Artist impression map of the course. Okay. Yeah. You play one, two, three, four. Well, one, two, three, and then you sort of switch over a little bit and you go into a slightly different part up till nine. Mm-hmm. But then when you cross over past the the old farmhouse, uh, is it the farmhouse or the Priory it? building? Yeah. yeah, the Priory building where you've got this brilliant halfway house. That other section is just like dense forest where it's been just cleared. And you said he was literally walking in, you know, full protective suit through. <laughs> god knows how many insects and snakes and stuff. it's
1: extraordinary to see i and mean he managed to
0: it, figure all it, that stuff it, out in the dirt it wasn't all lidar it wasn't just sort of topographical yeah
1: maps. yeah i mean he he's he's out there feeling the site and and checking out things and you know wandering around in his own time kind of waist deep in in brush really mm. um and you know he would do that regularly prior to the construction of build i remember he had a huge number of routings. Um, you'd walk out into the middle of the forest with him, and he'd say, "Look, guys, you know this is the the landing area for the for the par." Five thirteenth, right and you'd literally just be looking into a dense thick <laughs> rainforest of, of jungle yeah, okay. yeah. yeah and then you would do another 200 yards you say this is the, the the front edge of the green and this is where the flag's going to be and so on so he's feeling that the, the the land under his feet and he, he's seeing kind of the rise and forward things um one of the things about the new course is there isn't a huge kind of Undulation to the land, so he was trying to maximize what we had in terms of the the roll and bulge to things um but yeah that, that that side of things that that is something that would only come with forty years experience and having the touch and feel to to mm-hmm. and the confidence to get that done right. And the nice thing is, when he was going through the motions or all, all of that stuff, we were very much hands off, right? So he he'd go out and do his own thing. And in, in terms of giving him direction of the routing or the, or the course layout and stuff, stuff like that, you know, he's the expert, right? So we just kind of followed followed his lead and um, basically gave him a, a broad brief mm. to say, look, you know, Heathland style, uh, we'll make it a, an easy walk. You know, tees next to greens, um, but away from that, please, you know, go and do do what you do. You know, he's he's the best in the world at it today, and. uh and um, he, he he graced us with a very very special golf course. Mm. It's
2: it's a rare thing, I guess, in in, in many ways, to hear of uh, an architect like that who's just given free reign. As he's, as you saying earlier, Drislet said, just I don't have any preconceptions about I want to finish with a par three or I want to have a really you know a, lot, a long par four finisher or something. It's just like go and build the best golf course and the best routing possible. Um, to, to and then the result is. It, is what we enjoy today, which is a fantastic test, but it's enjoyable to play. Um, great it's strange,
0: variety. Isn't it? A, you know, one of the things we got because we played today, you obviously mentioned the time at St. being a professional golfer. It dawned on me on the sixth hole, I think, where I was, you hit a quite nice drive, and I said, Are you Sure, you're off six, <laughs> Jack? Like, you must have been lower at that at some point. So, <laughs> no, it was a joke. <laughs> I was like, Oh, right. Yeah. And then Jack very quickly turned around to me and said, assumed you were joking because you said you were off three. <laughs> <ring. laughs> By the I thought I'd always racked up 60 shots. Um, can't remember where was going with this. But. um
1: it's a great match play golf course that golf yeah. course you know we we kind of nerdled it round today and it was good to, to have a good look at the, at the course but you know you guys were wrapped up a fair few birdies do you know what I mean and there, there was also moments where yeah. you can you can lose your ball if you hit a terrible yeah. shots yes yes. but that being said like it's playable out there yeah. guys do you know what I mean yeah the
0: greens are tons of fun like I, I just you were just away from the table I was chatting before we came on out you know I feel like the old you've got to you've got to hit it to a certain spot and then you know we're going to probably go out and play the old this afternoon. And I feel like I now know I can't hit it there and I know I have to hit it there instead. Whereas going out and playing the new again, I'd feel like I actually want to try that differently. Whether that results options. in a better outcome is open to another number of other factors. But uh, you can try and play all sorts of stuff. You, know, you look at holes like 11, holes like... I mean, nine is a short par four. It's just absolutely out of this world I mean you could literally start the hole with a putter I mean it wouldn't be the best start yeah. but you you, know, you can hit anything off the bag off that, off 11 the
2: same 15 again I mean there's a great mixture of to, to, nuts. To, to use your your this, the expression that you were using far too much at one point in this podcast <laughs> Sam, But half par holes the short four in particular where you have a chance to be a hero price. and knock it on the green yeah. or you can fail miserably if you if you if and you, the par if you five's bite really off too much it's
0: quite I think a lot of the time you can, you can find par fives a little bit sort of just gone sort of one direction maybe with certain courses. They've just become overly long. They've tried to reduce them to sort of three-shot golf holes. And they all feel kind of reachable, but they will also take your knees off. You don't get it quite right, but not not to a watery grade. I mean, you look no. at holes like two but, as a par five. And you look at it and go, like, it's quite long, but I hit, two, I hit quite a good drive and I was sort of in shape and I sort of had a dig at it. You got down, and when you looked back up the fairway from the green, you were like, "Yeah, wow, that's mental." Like, actually, you really want to be coming in from 110. The worst thing you could do is miss this thing 30 or 40 yards short. Well, like, right, right. Great chip right. where you were, but yeah, there's no. But it's a, down it's a there.
2: really nice, like, small green for a par five that yeah. isn't hugely long. Definitely I mean, enjoyable. You know, yeah, so I think that variety and the and the shot selection that you have there. But again, the turf is, as we were saying earlier, the turf is so different. Very sandy, a lot of chance to run the ball in, whereas on the old you feel like everything is is through the air pitch and stop. Very lush, very lush grass, isn't it?
0: Um, mm. But do you think developments like this have become more about the golf? Like I don't know, you notice, is there, does the industry have these sort of things like, almost like there's this sort of one-man-upmanship goes on, you know, it's like things are constantly getting better, it feels, with things. You know, there's lots of yeah. really good developments. You wind it back 30 years ago, and... Yeah, you know, resort or developments, or you know, elite, lux, you know, luxe clubs were sort of re-
1: the golf real was estate projects,
0: weren't
1: yeah. they? You know, yeah, yeah, sure. I I think you know everyone now wants a simulator in their clubhouse, right? And it, the whole kind of attitude towards golf has changed a little bit. Mm. Where you know, back in the day, hitting balls on the driving range, you looked at it as though you you're like cheating. Do you know what I mean it, you know warm me up was like what are you doing get out on the tee get out on the golf course so all these other little amenities that kind of sat like around the golf is really important you know for, for us okay we have exceptional golf and we have 36 holes of it that's awesome but we also have the wild piglet right which is a little 10 hole part 3 mm-hmm. golf course which is accessible for anyone you know so if about as
0: much fun as you can have playing golf
1: it's awesome right yeah we had a great time you could there come last in and night. just
0: play the piglet and you could have eight seriously yeah, in a few days because there's no hole over
2: 140 yards most of them are probably between 65 and 95 yards and the names
0: of the holes are so you cool. carry on. it's like yeah. jelly bean <laughs> 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 I get excited so the exciting. baguette yeah the right. baguette
2: <laughs> yeah Crazy but bad. You could, there's actually some pretty tricky paths to be made out yeah. because where the pins cut, they're on nice little slopes. Um, yeah, dude, And I think I mean, what strikes we'll... me about Labor just having been here for a couple of days, is that the golf is, it, as you were saying there, Sam, the golf is like right at the forefront. They're two top quality golf courses, but, uh, and clearly, you know, a number of the members you have here very keen, discerning golfers, but the off course, it's very relaxed and just. You, you know, it's such a welcoming place that you, to to sort of sit and relax and chill out and almost take your mind off the, the golf. There's that kind of great contrast in, in the two.
1: Yeah, it's it's great to hear that you guys are kind of absorbed that as well. I think you know times have changed somewhat, and I think when it comes to how these guys want to kind of spend their time, they, they want it in a kind of relaxed format, really. Yeah. Particularly if they if they're jumping on a plane and coming down here. And also we want to kind of make them feel comfortable where they can bring their wives, bring their kids and, and Mm. just keep things kind of chilled as it were. Um, but that being said, you know, the golf is the most important thing on the estate today. And we try and push the standards of the golf and, and elevate the the golf kind of every week. We obviously Mm. play with Roman today, our superintendent Mm. who joined us, um, from more Fontaine and he's got a great background, been out in the States and very well educated. And, um, He's got a hand on both of those golf courses, but yeah, I, th- I think just just typically, you know, we look look at clubs like Beaverbrook, right, in, in London, where they're paying you know a lot of money to be members there, the and and annual dues, and you know it's done really well, and they have a lot of members, right, because they're so relaxed. Us
0: now
1: well, right, so. you know, so it's, you can't lose that down the back of the sofa, right? So <laughs> I've googled how much
0: my kidney's worth. I don't think it's enough for any of these places. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, and you know it's a very relaxed format and uh, they do a really good job in, in kind of driving the the uh, the culture there um, I played there maybe probably six months ago probably back end of maybe yeah, nine months ago now and I see like prams like women pushing prams around and the shoulders are dropped it's all very relaxed and so on you know not that we're Beaverbrook but kind of we love the idea of people coming onto the estate feeling super relaxed we call them kind of pretty much first name with everyone hang out grab some lunch with them go and play 9 holes the wife's at the equestrian center the kids are on the beach mm. and everything's just pretty low resistance and you know they're just here to decompress um
0: can we just add that the beach is a it's part of that 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 lake lake development where you've got a lake swimming pool
1: and then a 500 lake year is old is, building the is not on the coast <laughs> in the background
0: it's not on the coast just, just for clarity but yeah
1: so so i mean the beach is a funny one because back in the day when we first got off the ground <clears throat> i guess it's 2019 when we launched the membership um a lot of people were t- discussing having a swimming pool in the estate, which is a cool idea uh, but f- objectively speaking building a swimming pool in france is always a bit, a bit tricky just with you know, environmental issues and so on. So we built a natural lake, which which has the sand and the beach. So it's a complete beach, and it, it can hold like you know twenty five, thirty people, which is ample for a couple of families that are up there in the summer. Um and it's been really, really popular. So it's fifty yards long by one hundred fifty yards. Um, so it's a fair size.
0: Yeah, nice. And and all these different uh, developments, like, I mean, they're, you know, just corn spade a spade, they're, they're bound by people that have significant means to be able to become a member but through the gates there I get the sense they're all really different I've not played all of them you've worked in around the industry for a long time you've probably got a lot more exposure to this than I have but is that a fair take I don't know like they all seem to be very different trying to create a maybe curate a different experience or cater to a different clientele? Like, I don't know how...
1: I think you're right. You I, I, I think you're right. They've, they've certainly all got their own stamp. You know, some of these places are, are driven by committees, um, members owned. Some are, are driven by a bunch of members, which are, are early investors. Um, and some might be kind of a single, single guy that makes the makes the yes or no um, I think functionally you, you'll see that the, the best clubs in the world really are kind of dictated effectively if you want one guy and it's just it's the easiest uh, way to, to get to where you want to be in terms of a club you know bureaucracy in a club can be just a slow slow burn mm-hmm. to, to, to the bottom Right, um, but yeah, they all have their own their own culture and stuff. I, I, like I say, I worked in London at a different couple of different places. I had five years at Sunnydale, which was which was extraordinary. You know, it's, a, it's a, it was an amazing amazing uh, experience. And you know, I thank Keith Maxwell, the head professional there, for bringing me in, and the, all the members that looked after me at the time. Um, and then went on to well, actually during that period, I went to Texas for a while. Uh, I worked in Florida. I worked in Latvia. For a while, oh right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell thing. us about that. Yeah, so we, we, a friend of ours was building a golf course out in 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 Riga or Jumala, which effectively is like the the Hamptons of Latvia. Okay. I always
0: thought it was a stag capital of. of <laughs> the Britain, to be honest, it was Riga. a cool. It was a really Not cool spot. The Ryan Air flight center. Wiz
1: Wiz Air or Baltic <laughs> yeah, Air. I was I was like their their uh, premium customer. But that's
0: like the Hamptons
1: it was a gorgeous spot it was, it was on the beach Jack Jack spot. Nicholas' um, signature design golf course had a hotel had a pro shop and when I got there it was kind of just dirt basically you know, building everything out so we spent three months there um, getting off the ground and uh, it was an excellent experience. I, I learned a huge, huge amount in that three months, which kind of sharpened my my spear to go on to come to lay board effectively. Mm. Uh, and I'm very grateful to that experience. But yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome living there. Living in Riga was was really fun.
0: I suppose it's a different golfing culture as well, isn't it? So you-
1: yeah, it was more about you know weekends come down, ha- mm. ha- have some lunch on the terrace, going have you know ter- uh, eighteen holes play for six hours you know there, there isn't much this kind of run around and get back to uh, back to the office stuff there so it was like the Kazakhstan and, and the, the wealthy uh, guys coming from Moscow every weekend and um it was great it was a lot it was a lot of fun
2: the American your experience out in America I guess that that has perhaps informed a lot of the um you know, recent clubs such as the Queenwood Beaverbrook mold in in and around Britain and I guess now in Europe as well, we see more of. Um, I mean, I guess there's just in America everything seems to be on a big, bigger scale. And actually chatting to Roman earlier on the, on the way round the new, just talking about you know what he learned from a greenkeeping standpoint. Like there is just a, a huge scale to to everything that they do in America. Is, is just bigger, and um, I, I guess not wanting to say that maybe we're limited in the in the vision that we've had in in the UK, but it's just it's it's obviously a, a different. Model and a different way of doing things, and and the the realities are that most UK golf clubs probably have a green staff of somewhere between six and ten, and when you go to America, it will be like thirty, thirty-five for one course, yeah, and I that doubt. informs the decisions of <laughs> newer those, clubs you know, that are you know, popping up here got, and there, aren't they?
0: You know, I don't know. I think that just the model of British golf is so different because it's so democratic and it's so member-run. And whilst you've still got sort of member-run clubs in, in America, they have got huge budgets, and budgets give you real opportunity to innovate, don't they? You yeah, know? absolutely. Whether it's, that's it's financial. In a mark or, like, the course design or bringing in, you know, which side of the Atlantic do you want to work on if you're an architect? Well, you know... It's hard to s- hard to say it's not America, right? So yeah, no doubt. And therefore, is. you're you're always going to consume the best of what you see over there. You see places like a Hoopy Match Club, and you see the fanfare that goes around that, or you see the fanfare around Stream Song or Band in June's. and Dunes. It's not surprising you start to then see of t- that start to feed mm. through, and yeah. and it sh- and it has shaped the way that we've got golf in Britain, and and I think t- you know to to maybe to a lesser extent in Europe, haven't we? Because we've started to see playability is now the gold standard you know but
2: that's i guess we've always actually think thinking it through now the uk and europe has always taken not always but certainly in the last hundred plus years or so has has picked up trends in whatever area of life it is whether it's sport media entertainment business from america it's come through a certain number of years later and just sort of filtered through and i guess it's natural that it's the case in golf as well um but, but, I mean, you know, to, to, to come back to Labor, I mean, the the relatively small, intimate membership you have here at the moment is quite international, from what
1: I gather, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. I mean, I think it's like 40%, which are American, mm-hmm. kind of 30, 35%, which are from the UK and predominantly London. Um, Geneva is also a big one for us. We've got a couple of guys in Dubai and the rest are spread around Europe. So, it, it's a very, very international membership. Mm-hmm. They, they all love the, the game you know we've got a lot of good players which are members here um and you know the, the most the, the kind of underlining feature of all of these guys is is their golf knowledge really you've got all very very got got high golf iqs as it were yeah. um so when i come over from Sunnydale, there was a, a lot of boys that come over um, a lot of guys come over from Queenwood as well. Kind of got us off the ground in terms of the founding membership, where we have a bunch from New York and West mm-hmm. Coast America. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. The, the, the American kind of model is primarily run around the finances, right? And the, the Americans do money very well. So, so, <laughs> so you go out to these places in the middle of like Florida or something, and they'll be selling memberships for like five hundred thousand uh, dollars, right? And it's just and there's a wait list. <laughs> it's just the, the, the whole the whole kind of perception on things is is very different to kind of European and and British kind of culture.
0: Crazy, mm. that's insane.
2: I mean, w- w- with um, with the and you have such a diverse and international m- membership there. Do you find that that there's there's quite a bit? It seems like quite a sociable club though, in the, the sense that members mixing in, member guests. You have a few of those throughout the year. The member member. When everyone comes here together, although they, they might have their own trips throughout the year, it's actually very clubby and everyone sort of gets on and enjoys. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And a kind of litmus test for that is how much members-only product we sell. Right. And we sell it by like the, 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 the bucket load. And um, we have our member guests, which are pretty awesome. It's kind of one round of the new, one round of the old, uh, round of the wild piglet. And uh, like a gala dinner and some barbecues and stuff. And it's fantastic. We have four opportunities in those yeah. tea times and, and, and the uh, seated meal to kind of mix everyone up. And, you know, by the, the second morning, everyone has played with everyone. Everyone's hung yeah. out with everyone. Some some guys have been into in the clubhouse till four o'clock drinking whiskey, having a laugh. It's like a guy from Oakmont and another guy from Brohoff Slot. You know, yeah. they, they would yeah. never have mixed. So, yeah. you know, they have laid board as the, the defining... Um, Uh, what what kind of joins them and uh we've built like a really cool culture here and that those those events are are really good for us so next year we're actually going to put add an additional event to the to the calendar for for the membership as well
2: what's that process like going out and and, you know kind of getting these these early members to to join because it's quite um you know it's not in the, the sort of a kind of hot golfing destination, as you'd think, like straight off the bat. The Loire Valley is perhaps quite unknown, certainly, you know, not to be too disparaging towards American friends, but they just think, what? There's golf going to play over there. Like, I guess their typical destinations in Europe would be Ireland, Scotland, maybe a bit around London as well. Um, what did that process look like?
1: Yeah. So in the early days, it was a lot, basically a lot of our network. So Dries, our owner is very well connected in New York and, and London actually, and now definitely in Geneva as well. And, um, it's kind of friends of friends and pe- people had some sort of background of late board and absolutely loved the, love the old, you know, you and I have a mutual friend that, that, um, the old is his favorite golf course on the planet and he's a very savvy golfer um and kind of off the mark we priced it at a point where you know it, it was affordable for a lot of these yeah. younger guys and we very quickly turned zero members into like 100 members within three, three or four months wow. um like i say, gil was a part of that group as well um so it built up momentum in the early days super fast and then sadly we rolled into COVID kind right. of 2020 early early phase so everything was put on hold for a while then once we got out to the other end of COVID we pretty quickly brought in another 60 guys and again they're all fitting the correct demographic of the club and you know would be kind of assets for us to have on board and, and spread the word and also almost be ambassadors as it were mm-hmm. um, so it's an interesting process typically it's gone with member bringing in member um, and then we do get, get some guys that will reach out inquiring and so on and then there is a process that's set in place for that as well um we've closed local membership so that that's we can't take any any more local memberships uh international membership is still open and national membership is, is still open as well so hmm.
2: it's exciting
0: yeah i suppose it's hard isn't it because you want to you know with any with any club you know you just you want it to be like-minded to a certain degree it doesn't mean that everyone has to share Not every club has to be built in the same ethos, but there needs to be, I think, a level of kind of like-mindedness within the membership. And I suppose when, you know, cost is a big big barrier to entry at a place like Labour, there's no stepping around that. And therefore, you know, it's important to make sure that, you know, it must be quite hard, I would imagine, to then not solely focus on cost of the only
1: thing it's about making it like-minded yeah exactly I, I think the, the biggest thing that we have is that the experience is, is pretty cool and like it's pretty mm. undeniable Like you can't yeah. really come here and have a, 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 unless you get rained on for for a day or whatever you can't really have a bad time <laughs> <I love that. laughs> you got your money's worth out there today <laughs> yeah. um, so, so once, once people visit that like, the penny very quickly drops and it's like oh well, this is another string to my pie mm. I can definitely see myself here and we're talking about some of our members have got Sixty memberships. Do you know what I mean? So that they, they got sixty. Got there. A record, we've got. We've yeah. got a member. I thought there was a
0: fourteen club rule
1: that yeah. has sixty memberships. So can you imagine that annual dues on the, in January kind of go wow. through those? Wow. Just... Boom, right yeah. so you know we're, we're we're a second club obviously not to to the locals we, we see them all, all all the time so. and they're always here and hanging out And yeah. it's great to have they support the club and the parisian members likewise um but for internationals we're definitely a second club wow. yeah. Yeah. Um, for
2: the majority of the membership it's it is a second club an overseas club and i guess in a way you know, quite nice in that they're coming here. It's a getaway. They're looking to decompress. It's very a tranquil environment. You're off to a winning start there straight away because you're in such beautiful surroundings and to have two great courses and a brilliant clubhouse and amenities to just come and chill out
1: uh it's, that's high praise and we try and yeah. caveat that we be having like a quite relaxed environment as yeah. well right so you know these these are important interesting people we're not kind of giving the white club service they're, they're, they're excited to see myself or oliver who's yes. our head pro yeah. yeah hang out and do you know play some golf or whatever take take some lessons or one of the assistants um and you know bring their family and friends down um, so we're fortunate in, in that regard and the, our CEO does a fantastic job and that Roman does an awesome job with the golf courses um, and, and now it's just kind of bouncing along in terms of membership and we're certainly still open um, and a, a, a club like this you know much like a B-Rook and so on take a couple of seasons to really get to that uh, equilibrium when everything mm-hmm. is taken care of by the membership the, the annual dues as it were favourite
0: hole on development?
1: Um. I've probably got a couple, but I love. I love 15 on the new. Age. So, 15 on the new is like a short yeah. par four, which has got a ton of ways to play it. So, it's like. We played it 285 today. and We are hitting little cutty drivers that's into that green. You
0: bin drive left then knifed wedge through the back. <laughs> that doesn't sound like that. And then chopped me? out of the <laughs> out. Yeah. yeah. yeah well,
2: Sam, Sam actually just walked that hole like, like <laughs> yeah. fourteen to the others so it's funny thing to be taking aim there. But yeah. Sam Sam was in his, the Sam's bad. in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's
1: the green That's that the, the one. Exactly. This, exactly. exactly. such a good golf hole. Once you play that a lot you get the fear of God and you know where yeah. not to hit it and sadly when your brain goes that way you end up there. There's like a
0: crazy rise at the front left of the green. Isn't right it? so you it's totally drivable yeah but you get out of shape you're just dead and like the green goes so yeah. severely front left to back right
1: exactly and it's a very skinny kind of skinny green as well so it's, it's quite difficult to kind of if you're pitching into that green hold it yeah um and once I hit that bunker shot, I, I very much wide-eyed looked at my partner in the hope that he would hit a tight shot to the to the to the flag, and he duffed it kind of forty yards in front of him. So <laughs> really But it's a great hole. I, I I love that golf hole, and I think that's Gill's favorite hole in development as mm. well. Right? And yeah, I think so. It was one of the ones that he took a lot of pride in because you can bat a driver up the left, and almost go past the flag, past the green, and kind of put down yeah. back, or you can lay back, hit five iron or re- hybrid, and hit a pitch into the green. Um, so there's plenty of ways to play it. And uh, but that's a great, great golf hole. And late in the round like that as well, it makes for a really cool kind of finish. And do you know what I mean?
0: The finish is obviously pretty nail, it, so it's like a, it's like all bets are off really from sort of fourteen onwards. Really, it's like it's yeah. When you a good think
1: thirteen with that beautiful long par five, you have got a really your drive and and um to get on into with that ele- elevated green. If you yeah. lay up poorly, you're on the down slope, It's very difficult to stop it on that green. Then fourteen, to your point, is a three and a half you know, it's oh, a we played it at 2.18 today. And that's not even the back tee. The back tee is like 2.45. Beautiful green complex. And that that, uh, that hole is one of the great par threes on the estate. And then you've got 15, which is a short par four. 16, which is a beast of a par, par four. Four and a half. Another four and a half, yeah. And uh, you hit and drive along line. It's that green. And you can run the ball in, but nevertheless, it's a, t- it's a tough finish. And 17 is, which is and one, of for you, that one. one of the only... I made two of that. One of the only um, raised greens on the golf course, 17. Mm. So you're hitting like a, a mid- mid-iron into that flag and... You miss uh, it.
2: You're, you're toast on you. Toast, you're not it's surrounded out. by bunkers. Yeah, it's more than Surrounded like by bunkers. Already,
1: and then it? the nice thing is it finishes off with a par five at the end and, you know, it keeps everyone in the game. you got a chance. Mm. Exactly. And that got that golf course kind of builds so nicely because we, we, we teed off and it kind of gently led you through one. is two, an opportunity, buddy. Three is a great mm. hole. You can uh, uh, let the shoulder Go fours yeah. a great par three, but then once you by the time you get around to nine, you get this string of excellent par fours nine, ten, the good eleven. Good courses
0: build, don't they? The, the great courses build in momentum, and then there's variety. Of, yeah, um, like I always think, you know, like New Zealand is a, a course that just consistently builds, just in very very small increments without noticing, to the mm. point where you're getting getting yeah. to 17, you're like, oh my god, this is just unbelievable. Yeah. What, and what about in the old
2: favourite hole there?
1: probably 8 8 is a, eight is a par 3 mm. kind of relatively short it's probably plays 145 on 50 max and it's uh, just a very beautiful picture, picturesque car
0: it's a lovely piece on the sort of property isn't it as well because you've got the 7th which is the par 5 yeah, yeah like a sort of 110 yard dog leg par 5 it's like a full boomerang around the side
1: and I, that's I like the feature been, hole, to be yeah, honest. That's it? like yeah. the feature hole, really. Yeah, yeah. That's the one everyone's like, "Wow, that green!" Being in play can.
0: off the tee on seven. Yeah, and then we got down there, and you made a fair observation. It's a par five that's long, and you were like, "Actually, to be fair, the play is seven iron, eight iron, eight iron." they <laughs> <I> just keep going <laughs> across the water, right? Because I hit like a forward swing. I mean, it was a hair left, wasn't it? Yeah. It was dead then took relief and I was like oh actually I'm only 210 yards from the green it's I just going to hit my two iron at <laughs> this <laughs> it's just across, just mortal death. Yeah, <laughs> and I've got a two iron on the downhill line just, I have <laughs> to a to go with it in fairness um, but no eight, it's par three beautiful it's yeah,
2: just it's, a lovely little but, corner but that's it's, that it's like that you know you, you would refer to it or you refer to it earlier as like a penal design but it's also no, in it's, many you know, senses it's, it's a heroic, heroic design it's heroic. It's in the, you've got you've got a shot there where you just say i can be an absolute hero yeah you hero. can
0: take a safe play or you, you've <laughs> yeah. got an a and b haven't you
2: yeah, yeah when you can go a
0: or you can go b and, and you, you're risking everything and you yeah.
2: when you're one down in the match and you thought you know what, i'm just going to try and hoist the two high enough i the was air in here, that so.
0: match <laughs> i was actually in that match to be fair and then it just got away from me did I mean, you guys play black tees or yeah i played, played, played black tees it's quite interesting I can imagine playing off the front boxes is almost a little bit more unnerving because you start
2: running out of room
0: yeah and you're, you're really getting a bit sort of fiddle sticks with the irons off the tee and, <laughs> you know if, you, if the socket looks as big as it did this morning you're really up against it <laughs> favourite par, par 3 hole on, on the short course
1: um, I love 9 which is about 55 yards and uh, suddenly remember yeah. it's kinda after of oh, yeah. yeah. that episode. Yeah, yeah, fair play. <laughs> I think that's the that's the move actually. Because I've seen everyone try and lob it up with maximum spin and try and hold it on the green. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's so difficult, you know. Um but it's it's a super fun hole. And the nice thing about that hole and the course at large up there is that uh, anyone can play it. You yeah. know. So I, you could my wife would go up there who's never played golf in her life and knob it on the ground and get close to a flag, mm. right? So it's very available to people. But that being said, to make two there is just Disaster zone. I mean, it's so so difficult. You mm. rarely, really You're more likely to see ones in yeah. there, yeah, yeah for sure, yeah, than C twos. Mm. Uh, totally.
0: Well, there were two minor gripes on our visit to the One of them was the headroom clearance at the halfway house on the new. <laughs> I managed to scratch my head twice on them coming out of the halfway house. And you are so said, eager to <laughs> get in there for more your an sandwich, right? of my own dyspraxia and a <laughs> yeah. yeah. Heineken.
2: The thing is, your head was in your hands anyway because <laughs> yeah. the state of your <laughs> yeah. golf, yeah, golf and you still hit it.
0: The second one was the the path the, the third hole on the on the short course the Biarritz That's and we went hit. back and you were like what's going on here like there's just vegetation <laughs> all the way in front I can't see the flag it's 148 yard par 3 yeah. so I was like "Right, we'll take Jack to task on this next morning <laughs> I'll have a chat with him uh, he's probably got no idea and he'll probably apologise and he'll be sorted for this evening <laughs> <laughs> what did you say
1: well it's, it kind of gives a nod back to the old par threes like at Presswick and stuff that which are blind holes right blind shots So I know they built one at Fry's Head and so Gil was very excited about that hole mm-hmm. so I'll show your feedback with him <laughs>
2: I, I, no, I, I like. Yeah, makes I, I get that. Because
0: then you play the donut hole afterwards, which absolutely is, which is like the
1: Riviera hole, right? Yeah, and so um, the whole
0: thing's just—I mean, as the par three course goes, it's, it's a thousand yards of absolute fun, isn't, isn't it, it? Just yeah, for hours, you
1: know. And yeah. you can whiz around that. I'm sure you guys did it in like 45 minutes, under an hour. And uh, in Amambagas, we have a Greensomes event up there, and we get the DJ going, we get the bar and stuff. It's quite late in the afternoon, so everyone's already, wow. you know, very much on the way. And uh, we have nearest the pins. And it's it's awesome. It's like the funnest part of the event, to be honest with you. And it's, it's an hour to get round, um, but yeah, you could spend all afternoon on it. And it, if you're a member here and you want to go and improve your short game, take a bucket of balls yeah, up there and, and just place. hit pitches all afternoon. Mm. You could do that for sure. Well, yeah. well, with that
0: in mind, it's five twenty, I and mean, you've just given me a sort of a slight, inc- slight <laughs> hand for Some more golf. <laughs> you want to go? here. yeah. yeah well, we you need more golf balls before we head back out. Though?
2: You were. Uh, you need to go and pick up a good. Dozen, dozen balls in the shop don't You've you really just to reload. but no it's been great coming out <laughs> it's a seller's
0: market here golf <laughs> yeah.
2: it has been fantastic coming out jack thank you so much yeah. for having us i mean i think you yeah, know our wheelhouse has always been more in the in the kind of traditional old old school clubs of, of of the uk and ireland and so to come out here and see you know how much
0: fun we could have out here it's just been been brilliant be and special i think mention yeah, for the top that we brought along you like the top, didn't you? <laughs> beautiful,
1: beautiful. Yeah, the cookie jar, tone on the excursionist
0: tone. Excursionist by Peter
1: Millar. Is it a little bit cotton in there? A little yeah, bit cotton, a little bit really straight. fabric, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's. And the it
0: relaxed hem. We those we did those we did those at the meeting. We're not
1: doing it in the shop at the moment, but after the, after wearing it this morning, I think I think we're gonna Within definitely have a, have a chat with Ollie and say, look, you know, we have got to get this, this, in, this in there, get it for the autumn of season. Such good fabric, honestly. Um,
0: look great. Anyway, yeah. without further ado, Jack Laws. That's very kind. kind. Great to have you on.
1: boys. Thank you. Watch
2: this